0: I know we ask this a lot, but how is everyone? And that's typically the response. Two people are sort of good. But, hey, I'm I'm blessed. Uh, Pastor Nick already mentioned this, and um, last week we were just virtual. But I I love it when we can get together. We'll be talking about this a lot in flow also, by the way, because it, it is important. We know that we are part of a universal church, the body of Christ, but it is vital to be a part of a body of Christ locally. Because we need this to be reminded of who we are in Christ and just to sense and experience his presence in a powerful way. Um, One thing that came out of last week that people really spoke to a lot was that they were really impressed with how uh, quickly I spoke and how fast I was finished. (laughs) So in closing, um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed last week. No, we're going we're to continue in the book of Acts. <clears throat> if you don't know this, the book of Acts is a powerful New Testament story for us to follow. It was nece- not necessarily given to us by Luke as a, as a road map, but an example of what Christ had been doing in the book of Luke and what continued in the book of Acts. And we, we obviously this morning I'll be looking again at Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read that in just a moment. But I, I just want us to, to think about this before we even started in the passage this morning. <clears throat> Some of you can relate to this. Um, if you have older children or, or even younger children, have you ever, and maybe you experience this, have you ever um, been around someone or you've been telling your children, you know, this is, this is what this means. This is what this means. This is how you act. This is how you live. And then they go off somewhere, and a total stranger or a coach or another teacher says, you know, this is how you should live. And then the child comes running home and says, hey, guess what my coach said? He said, this is how you should live. And you're like, I've been telling you that for five years. You know, that's sort of what I'm praying will happen to us that we've been looking at and reading the book of Acts and enjoying the powerful examples, but then there's this clarity that says, "Uh aha, just maybe he means that for us. Now, this is a very familiar passage, and all of us are going to have our preconceived ideas of what it means. I would like for you to check those at the door. Not your brains, just your preconceived ideas. here's what I've also discovered about church, and I've been in church a little while. I was raised in church, brought up in the Christian home, have been in ministry literally, um, whether it's attending or literally in ministry my whole life. I've seen just about anything you can imagine, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But here's what I can guarantee you, you never stop learning. You never stop learning. The more you read about the Word of God, the more He will reveal to you. As a matter of fact, what I've also learned is if I'm not careful, I'll begin to teach something, and I'll begin to just say, well, I understand how I've been taught that. I understand what everybody around me in my past has said, this is it. Well, Pastor, we have to have foundations. I'm telling you, you better have foundations. But as you enter into the word of God, don't ever be surprised when he says, I want you to see something you've never seen before. I want you to try to understand something because we have a tendency, don't raise your hands on this, but it's easy for us to take the one or two scriptures we like and ignore the rest. And it's the whole word of God we're getting into, right? So let's let's just read this. Acts chapter 2. Verse 1, the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, and they were confused, because every one of them heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language, and in which we were born? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, adjoining Serene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? What does this mean? Now, the reason I'm just focusing on this aspect today is next week when we get into Peter's sermon and the beginning of the New Testament church, I really do want us to put some building blocks on what church should look like. And it's not what you think sometimes. Because when we just limit church to the four walls of a building, it's easy for us to build a program and a platform and the right amount of chairs. And we have some very uh, special guests visiting with us this morning. Um, who are in the process of helping plant a church. And when we planted this church, uh, some of you were a part of that, and we were in theaters for six years. Things don't look normal in a theater. Things don't smell normal in a theater. I mean, you get real used to buttered popcorn on the floor and and the smell of popcorn while you're preaching. I left there every Sunday starving (laughs) because I just smelled popcorn and, Couldn't wait to get my hands on something. Now, I'm saying that because the reality is we have a tendency to make our preferences what we think church is. But listen, God's got a plan for your life. And as the body of Christ, his church, the called out ones, it doesn't always look like you think. So we're going to get into that. But today, I want to specifically approach this from, from three simple points. Number one, God's power, God's presence. And god's purpose you see when the day of pentecost had come it was a fulfillment of what jesus had told them to do he said i want you in chapter one i want you to go to jerusalem and i want you to wait until you receive the power and when you receive the power of the holy spirit john the baptist says that i baptize you with water but jesus the messiah the one who is coming is going to baptize you with fire And he says, the Holy Spirit will baptize you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the greatest parts of the earth. So he's saying this is something that you're going to receive. Go wait for it. And we already talked about this, but they all go. And there's 120 in this upper room. And the Bible is not specific about what they were doing until the day of Pentecost. But we assume they were praying. They were praying. We know they were making decisions as we spoke a few weeks ago, on who the next, the uh, 12th disciple would be. We, we know there were conversations. We certainly think they were praying and seeking God's will and waiting. Because we all know how we wait, right? Patiently. In prayer, we just, we spend time in prayer, and we just know that God's moving, so we just sort of, we're not, we're not anxious. We're not fearful. We just wait. Yeah, not, not me. You know, I'd love to think that I could be like that always, but a lot of times the way we wait is not that way. But they were waiting. Because this passage says when the day of Pentecost had come, they were in one place, in one accord. They were together in one place. And, and it says there was this noise as of a mighty rushing wind that, that came in. Now, what does this mean? Well, first of all, these three things, it's noise, the sight, and the speech, it's all relative in regards to it all happens that quick. It's not like there was a noise, and then part two, and then part three. It sort of all happens at the same time. When, when we lived in California, we experienced for the very first time legitimate Earthquakes. You know, Maybe you've experienced those, and I know even on the East Coast you'll have those occasionally, but I'm talking about legitimate earthquakes, not just it's something what, hap- what just happened. In California, uh, I was laying on the couch one night, and I just saw the walls begin to do this, and I'm like, man, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> I know I just took NyQuil, but this, this is weird. And then my wife runs in the room describing the fact that we just had an earthquake. I mean, you see things moving, you see things happening, you realize the reality of what's getting and taking place here. And when it says there was this noise of a mighty, as of a mighty rushing wind, I want you to understand that the fulfillment of the coming of the Holy Spirit, it symbolizes several things there. And first, it's, it's about God's power. One of the things you have to understand that when God is giving us and sending us His Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, The Holy Spirit. I don't want us to get too confused about the Trinity this morning, but when we say we have the Holy Spirit in us, it's the third person of God. God is in you by his Holy Spirit. So when God sends us the Holy Spirit, it's his power. The wind has always represented the power and the breath of God. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew, and I'm not going to wear you guys out with word searches today, but it's... It's ruach, and that word simply means breath or wind, and many times when that word is used in the Old Testament, it's very symbolic of God's at move in somebody's life, God's at work in somebody's life. We see it the first time it's it's brought up in Genesis. It's literally when we uh, see ruach breathe and wind, the breath of God is when For instance, he breathes, as we talked about last week, on the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel, and dead things live. We know that we hear it. You can hear the wind blow. How many were awake the last few days? Can you hear the wind blow? Do you see the wind? You see the effects of the wind, right? Branches don't necessarily fall by themselves. You you see the effects of blowing snow. You see the effects of the wind, but you don't see the wind. But you certainly know it's blowing. Can you feel the wind blow? Yeah. And uh, as we said, we can see the effects of it. What am I saying? When the power of God comes upon us, you will be able to see a change in your life. Let me ask you something. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you, down deep inside, you know there's got to be change. Something's got to change. You've been trying for years, but something's got to change. Something in me. Here's how we normally pray: God, something in them has got to change. Um, some something in her, something in him. Lord, something in my kids has got to change. And we always pray. In, in the respect of God doing a work in them, but how many of you know down deep inside that really God wants to do a work in you? Change. See, when when we understand that God's power is at work here, and see, I'm I'm talking about God's power. Usually in this passage, can I just be, you know, I was raised in Pentecost, so I can talk about Pentecostals. Right? If you're not if you're not raised in something, you can't mess with it, right? So I'm not, I'm not making fun when I say this, but I've seen the good and the bad. And a lot of times when we are raised in a Pentecostal environment and feelings are involved and emotions are involved, we fall into a trap of trying to create feelings and create motions, sustaining our ability to do anything based on if we feel something or if we don't. Listen, if you feel it or not, God's at work. If you feel it or not, God is still all-powerful. The things that change sometimes are not your feelings, but it's your life. It's, it's when you, but I want to, I feel like I want to do that. But down inside the Holy Spirit's saying, no. Because I feel that way, but now I'm, I'm walking that way. Change. Now, it's, it's not legalism. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, his power comes. It's a sign of life. It's a sign of the coming of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, listen to this. If there's only one thing you leave with today, leave with this. The Holy Spirit does not give us control over God and the world, but it leads us to a greater understanding of what God is doing in the world. The Holy Spirit does not come and God empowers us with the Holy Spirit to control our circumstances and to control God. I know you don't know anybody like that, but I know a lot of people, they want to walk in the power of God, and they start telling God what to do. They want to walk in the power of God so they don't have any more problems. They want want to walk in the power of God so their life becomes easy, whether they bless anyone else or not. And I'm not picking, I'm just saying, when the power of God comes on your life, it's not about just giving you power. You already know what Jesus said, but you will receive power so you can be what? Witnesses. That's what we're called to do. So he, he says the power of God came upon them. It, it, it sounded like the wind. There's just times in our lives when we have to understand that the things in our life that we're going through, God has given you the power. Can, can I just say, and we just sang about it a moment ago, it's not that we need more of him. He's already given us, he's already given us all he is. It's what are we doing with what we have? God has already given us everything. You know, the Holy Spirit will come on us in many different ways. And the Holy Spirit, it, it, the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit is it's, it's an ongoing process in your life. It's, it's not salvation is one and you have been saved. But the Holy Spirit, His mercies are new every morning. God can overwhelm you, and God can strengthen you every day. Why? Because you will go through tough times. And you need God's power. Am I making sense? I need God's power. I promise you. I, I say this often. I've got to live what I preach. So when I tell you I've got to live this out, at some point this week, I've already prayed it last week, But at some point this week, I'll be praying, God, I need you. What they said ticked me off, Lord. What they said bothered me, Lord. What they said hurt my feelings. Anybody ever get their feelings hurt? And it's not that I just carry a picture of Jesus on the cross so I can look at that and then really feel guilty because he gave his life and I'm feeling bad about somebody's conversation. It's I'm filled with the power of God. That just gently reminds me, John, you are more than an overcomer, man. I'm not expecting you to be perfect, but don't forget who's in you. I, I can help you, John. I can help you overcome this. I can help you be. Why? Because he's the helper. He's the one. And God, this this whole, I'm not even got the tongues yet. Somebody say amen. <laughs> See, some of you are nervous, I know. This is. Just to say that, you're already like, oh, we're going to go there, aren't we? Yes, but you'll see in a minute. Because here's another thing about God's power. It's stronger than us. First of all, don't get nervous because this isn't about when God comes on you and when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, you somehow lose all control and you just go limp. That's not what we're talking about. That's what I'm afraid of with a lot of people, that's what they expect. And then you tell them to live it out in the world, and then they're out limp somewhere in Walmart. That's not what we're looking for. It's people who know and understand that God's at work in the world around us because he did not give us the Holy Spirit to be in control of our situations, of people, or of God. But he gave us his Holy Spirit so we can trust that God is still at work in the world. Secondly, his presence. Now, what happened? We know with his power, the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and again, the wind always represents the power of God, but then it says, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Now, maybe you've seen the pictures of this drawn, but, but what they saw, what this is saying is that it, it appeared that each of them had tongues of fire, flickering flames over each of their heads. Now, I don't don't know I wasn't there. But here's what I can tell you fire represents, the presence of God, that when his power shows up, he's there. When God sent his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Again, it's God with us it's god in us i just i just really want to just explain something here god's not trying to overlook our lives and he's not waiting for you to mess up so he can thump you god is not trying to find you in a bad place and make you miserable as a matter of fact the reason the holy spirit's coming was so vital is is jesus was trying to get these disciples and those others that were believing to understand that there's a hurting, dying world that needs Jesus Christ. They need this good news, and the good news is for everyone. It's not just for a few, it's for everyone. And we have to be able to say, yes, I've given my life to Christ, but that total surrender, when we give our life to Christ, the Holy Spirit's already at work, but then we say, God, come into my life. I give you all of me. And when God comes in in power, his presence is in your life. Not out of guilt, but just that will make me live differently. I'm going to let that settle in just for a minute. Not not out of guilt. This isn't about walking around. Oh, man, I had that thought again. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm working hard at it. How, how How do you get saved? Is it by works? No. How do you stay saved? Being a good boy? Come on, you can talk back on that one. How many of you are going to blow it this week? And the rest of you just did. See, liars. Um, Right there. And, and, And here's my whole point. Here's my whole point. It's not that we have accessibility to just go out and do whatever we want. It's that when we are following after God and we are pursuing as followers of Jesus Christ and his power and presence come into our life, You are walking in a a position now where everything you do, you become more knowledgeable. You become more understanding. We call it the convicting of the Holy Spirit. And then you're, you're doing things and you realize, you know what? I just don't have a hunger for that anymore. Or maybe Satan, because believe me, it's a spiritual warfare. Maybe Satan is going to push things in your direction more than he ever has. And you find yourself addicted or broken or just beaten down all the time by the same things in your life. It's not that the Holy Spirit gives up on you. It's not that God gives up on you. It's that his power and his presence, he's given you everything. It's, will I continue to trust him. You see, the, the fire in the Old Testament, did a couple of things. It was it was a fire that burnt the offering. Now think about that for a second. It was a fire that destroyed the sacrifice. That became a pleasant aroma in the nostrils of God. Why? Because it was a sacrifice needed to forgive the people of their sins and it satisfied. What has that got to do with us? Well, fire also burned in the temple continuously representing the presence of God. What does that have to do with us? Well, in, in in Romans, Paul says it like this. Therefore, brothers, I encourage you by the mercies of God, with everything God's done for you through Jesus Christ, present yourself as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you, which is your reasonable service. What is a living sacrifice? It's giving yourself to God, not to be controlled, not to be Um, burnt, not to be destroyed, but to be transformed. How? By by the fire of his Holy Spirit. What does he go on to say? Paul goes on to say, don't you know, in 1 Corinthians, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Well, in the Old Testament, if the fire in the temple constantly burned representing God's presence, believe me, the fire in your temple The Holy Spirit is the continual presence of God. Well, why do I always feel sad? I don't know. Um, It could be circumstances. It could be be that you're going through a valley. You know, uh, this might not be a great analogy for you, but if you think about wind, uh, we look at wind as a resistance, but if you're going in the right direction, it's a powerful help. But even, even if it is a resistance, it's much easier to take off if you're a plane when you're flying into the wind. You just have to make sure everything's aligned correctly. See, sometimes we're trying to take off into the wind without aligning anything. Sometimes we want to we want to move in God's direction with the wind, and we want to be warm, and we want to be okay, but we don't want to put up a sail. I told you these weren't good analogies. So what what is that saying for us? I I firmly believe that a lot of the work that the Holy Spirit is constantly doing in our personal lives, now we're going to get to point three in just a moment. Because here's where we get stuck. We want God to do a work in us, and we spend all of our lives just trying to fix us. Now there's nothing wrong with fixing us. But I promise you, if you'll let him do it, it'll happen sooner than you think. Um, it, it, you'll find yourself moving in directions and letting things uh, be destroyed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Not because he's trying to mess you up, but it's called a purging. And I find myself um, doing, not doing things that I used to do a long time ago, but I just lost a taste for it. Lost a desire for it. It's just not, not who I am. I, 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 I find myself still wrestling with stuff, but guess what the Holy Spirit does? Don't, don't you hate that sometimes? When the Holy Spirit just lovingly taps you on the shoulder, what are you doing? That's that wind blowing. That's that fire warming you. Even being led by the Am I making any sense? Even being led by the Holy Spirit. Remember in the Old Testament when Moses, God told Moses to tell the children of Israel, make sure, because, I mean, when you're taking a couple of million people across the desert, you can't just do personal conversations every day, right? He says, make sure if you see that pillar by day, there's going to be a large cloud. Make sure you follow it, because if you don't, you're going to be all by yourself. And when you see that fire at night, make sure you camp around it because you're going to be all by yourself. See, what, what he's saying in a loving way is that fire is the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and directing. You're not called to be perfect. You're called to be a follower. He, When you follow him, he empowers you. And believe me, you'll find yourself when you are walking after Christ and not looking at every little thing around you. You'll be surprised at where you end up. Can we do something real quick? Just hold your hand out in front of you just for a second. I know this is silly, but but please work with me here. Just look at your hand for a second. Just look at your hands and and how silly they may look, or your if you have jewelry on, just look at your hands for a second. Okay? Lotion, all right? Okay. Maybe some of you have blisters from shoveling snow. I, you need lotion. I don't know, but here's Here's, here's the thing, when you're looking at those hands, um, if, if I was up here making all kind of gestures, would you have seen them? No, I wasn't making any kind of gestures. You didn't miss anything. But here's my point. Sometimes we spend our whole life looking at the stuff that's never going to change unless we just follow him. We get stuck right there, and God's waving at us. The Holy Spirit is, is trying to get our attention. The Holy Spirit is moving, the Holy Spirit is active, God is at work, and we're just, but I got all these problems. I, I've got all this stuff that I'm trying to deal with, but I, you don't understand, God, my my wife, my husband, my kids, you know what? Now, take this the right way, but husbands, if you've got problems in your family, just start just start following Jesus, but my wife won't like it. She doesn't like you now. Just start following Jesus. It's a, it's a proven fact that when, that when a man will follow Christ, the family will follow him. You know, we, we are bound and determined to have every generation experience transformation through Jesus Christ, not a church program, Jesus Christ. And we're, we're focusing on kids. That's why we have the school. And we know that if we can get children when they're in daycare and kindergarten and train them and develop them up through the younger classes and the younger grades, we know that their minds have a view on Jesus Christ and not the things of this world, and we know that lives can be transformed. But I promise you, we already know that even in education, if the parents aren't on board, it's tough. If those little babies go home and even try to talk to mom and dad about Jesus, and dad says, be quiet, it's tough. Dads, if you're having problems in your family, I'm not preaching down at you. I'm proclaiming life to you. If you're having problems, follow Jesus and see what happens. Follow after the Holy Spirit. Ladies, if your life is miserable, don't follow another man. Follow Jesus. If your life's turned upside down and I'm losing my business, look to Jesus. Start following him. But, but pastor, you don't understand. We've trusted him and things just haven't worked out. My wife and I just had a, a wonderful dinner. I don't want to embarrass anyone, but we had a wonderful dinner this week with a, a couple here in the church. And they were explaining to us just powerful ways they've been able to change lives. They've adopted so many children in their life and just changed lives. And they were sharing with us that every, there were three different adoptions and that every time they adopted one of those children, he lost his job the week before. think about that. God gives you this opportunity. All the doors are opening. You lose your job. Any one of us would be saying, God, what's going on? That's that's human, right? But isn't it wonderful when you can look back and see that God was working and that that in, in our weakest hour, he shows up strongest? Because every time, God provided. Every time, God provided. I'm going to have them share that testimony one day. I just don't want to embarrass them right now. But here's the bottom line. How many times is the fire of God trying to lead, guide, and direct us, and we're just afraid to go there? Because the the last point is simply this. I've got a few more minutes. Thank the Lord. There's God's power. God's presence, God's purpose. Now, now, maybe you felt this way about this passage for a long time, but, but there's a couple different ways we could look at this passage. Because the, the Bible says in this passage, <clears throat> they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, depending on your background, you come at this with the approach of we're all supposed to be speaking in tongues. And, and I just want to tell you that that's not what this is saying. We'll deal with that passage later, but that's not what this is saying. Okay, and if, if I've messed up your theology, we can talk after church, please. But I want you to hear me. just Please hear me out just for, just for right now. Because when it says that they spoke with other tongues that the Spirit gave utterance, they were not speaking an unknown tongue, but only to themselves, an unknown tongue, because every nation was represented in the city that day, every nation under heaven. So every language, every nation that was represented was there. Why? Because the Jews had been dispersed over the centuries And they were living everywhere, and not only the Jews heard this, but other proselytes that were a part now of the Jewish community. Now, why is this important? Because Jesus didn't come for one group. He came for everyone. And when the power of God comes and the presence of God comes, the message from God, the purpose from God is everyone receives the glory everyone because what what is their response we hear these Galileans now by the way that's not um that's not a good thing to them it's we see these people who we are not going to consider to be very bright people we see these fishermen these Galileans we see these people that really don't measure up to where we're from we we know that they don't speak our language, but what we hear them saying is praises unto God in our language. Arson's not here this morning. He's actually um, I believe he's back in Albania for a few weeks. Supposed to get back this week. And he's a high commander in the Albanian Navy here working with NATO. Speaks multiple languages. Uh, Jew, uh, german fluently so it, it would almost be like arson coming in understanding german and certainly speaks albania that's where he's coming from and it would be like me who i know english in southern florida <laughs> and it would be like me suddenly speaking in perfect albanian and arson saying whoa, okay, there's something, something's going on here because he's a redneck, but he's speaking perfect Albanian. What's up with that? He's he's an American. I know him. He doesn't speak anything but English, but he just praised God and read my mail in perfect Albanian. What's going on here? That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Men and women from every nation, every tongue, every tribe was hearing the praises of God in their own tongue. What does this mean? I'm just going to close today by telling you a few things about what I believe it means for us. And please hear me. What it doesn't mean is how can we get around the altars and pray so we all start speaking in an unknown tongue? That's not what it means. But here's what it does mean. Will you be surrendered to the power and the presence of God that your life will speak to others in such a way that they say, whoa, I get it. You see, because when I look around this room, you live in neighborhoods that I'll never be in. You have what the Bible says. Uh, when we talk about the, the household of God, that word is oikos. That means everyone has a circle of friends. Usually, you know, friends is even a strong word, acquaintances. You might, you, If you're lucky, you've got two solid friends. If you think you've got three, be careful, because you've only got maybe <laughs> two solid friends, right? But all of us know two or three more people at work, and all of us know a few of the neighbors. Some, some of our relationships can be up to about 12 to 15 people that I'll never meet, that I'll never know. What, what is this supposed to be saying? It doesn't say that those 120 all spoke in all those unknown languages. God used each one in that setting. Very different language. Now, I need you to understand what I'm trying to say. You see, I believe when God moves in our lives, in his power and his presence, it's not just about us becoming perfect. It's about our lives shining in such a way that they see the light of God in our lives. Jesus even says we're the light of the world, right? So now now, now we're shining in the darkness because our lives, although not perfect, changed. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, change is coming. Now don't, and don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean well, I guess when the Holy Spirit's changed me, I'll just be totally changed and I'll be able to walk it out. No. I can remember when my wife and I first started dating. Yes, I can remember that far. We just started dating and we were in high school and and at that time I was I was still running with the wrong crowd. And my wife and I, after our first date, we said, you know, all that stuff is nonsense. And I knew that if I wanted to, win her over, I had to say no to some things, because I was a good church boy, and she wasn't. But she was the only one that kept me close to Christ, because I was out running with the wrong crowd, which means you can be in church all you want, and be running with the wrong crowd. But you know what I found? The Holy Spirit started dealing with me, and I was like, man, I know I shouldn't be going there. And and my buddies called me up, hey, it's nickel beer night. Let's go, man. Let's go, Ocean City, here we come, let's go. I didn't say, okay, Holy Spirit, if it's not your will, just pull me out of the car and, and just, Lord, open that door and I'll know it's not your will. No, you know what the Holy Spirit said? Say no. Look at your friend, feel like a... You know, whatever. Look, but look at your friends, and say no. So what I do? I said no. Um, it it doesn't mean you're not going to have to make decisions. It just means the Holy Spirit's at work in your life. I hope I'm making sense that we can apply this on a on a real practical level. Um, let me let me tell you what happens sometimes when we get into church and we. We get spiritual. We look spiritual here, but at home we're wrecks. And this is not about guilt, guys. Listen to me. We wonder why maybe our kids don't think it's real. Because they see us worshiping here, but acting out here. I'm I'm telling you right now, if you want to win your kids over, sit down and say, I'm so sorry. Jesus Christ is real, I've just not been acting like power of God is real and I, I know I want him to show up in my life more often. It doesn't mean you're gonna not it doesn't mean you're not gonna make mistakes. Am I making sense? If you're alive, you're gonna look back and wish you had made different decisions. But from this day forward, I know that I can follow the Holy Spirit. Now now what does that say? And I'm wrapping this up. What does that say? What would it look like this week? in my relationships, in the people I'm around, and whether it's my personal family or people at work or, or whoever I'm with, what would it look like for me to live in such a way that in a, in a simple conversation or, or in a simple act of kindness or however the Holy Spirit leads, what would it look like if they looked at us and said, you know what, something makes sense to me now. I, I can't explain it to you. What does this mean? Now, we'll get into next week, maybe what sharing your your story looks like. Maybe some of you already know how to do it. Maybe some of you are saying, I'm not coming back next week. Because, see, here's the other thing about the Holy Spirit. Once you know, you know. Once you know God loves you, you'll never be able to outrun him. Once you know God cares about you, and you may be going through the darkest time in your life, right? Right? now but now that you know there's a savior who loves you and he's looking for you it's hard to walk away now that you know there's a god who wants to fill you with his power with his presence with his strength not that you can overcome all the people in the world but that you can be a a light in the darkness let's all stand ingrid if you'll come and just play softly this last uh I'm I'm so, I was determined to have church today for a couple of reasons. My wife loves snow, and between her and a few other ladies in the church, I believe they've been praying this snow in the last few weeks, and we didn't have church last week, and when she was praying for it again this week, I'm like, pray away, but we're having church. (laughs) Um, Now, I say that because whenever we are home for a few days, she always gets a little project list together. And so we were working on some different projects, and there was this this hole in the wall that I was patching up, and there's not really a whole lot of light around there. So there's a lamp plugged in, and and I went over and turned on the switch, but it wasn't plugged in all the way. And so I'm up there for a few minutes trying to sand this area off to get ready to paint, and I'm trying to sand it off, but with no light. just just a little bit of light from another room i'm in there and how many men can relate to that you're you're trying to work with the wrong tools in the wrong setting and just make something work right um i wasn't even near the hole i was just sanding the wall that's in perfectly good shape so i and i didn't tell my wife about this till just now but but it's amazing because I just thought the bulb was out or something, and, but it's amazing how I went over frustratingly and I just hit that plug and plugged it in. And you know what happened? When it had power, there was light. Now, isn't that silly? How's your life? What are you trying to deal with in the dark when all you have to do is plug into the power? Let the power of God and the presence of God. See, you have no idea how much he loves you. You really have no idea how much he loves you. He sent his only son. He paid the price at Calvary. He raised him up. And he sent the Holy Spirit that he can live in you, empower you, the good times and the bad uh, I just want to encourage you run to him today because as we'll begin to see through the book of Acts it's not about just running around trying to do miracles it's about through Christ being the miracle being you'll be shocked at what God wants to do with your life amen let's pray Father in the name of Jesus Christ first Lord I pray that our hearts those that are hungry we just run to you Father, anybody here right now, they're hurting. Lord, they don't even know what to say. They don't even know how to frame it. It's not their fault. Maybe it is their fault. God, they don't know how to approach it. Lord, let them hear right now there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It's not about being guilty. It's about being forgiven. I pray that we run to you, Lord, that we embrace you. But, Father, help us to understand that that drawing to embrace you, that's already the work of the Holy Spirit drawing us to you. And, Lord, even if we're praying, God, help me, but I don't understand this. I don't know what happens. I don't know what works. Lord, you've not called us to intellectually walk with you. You want us to walk in relationship, and we'll learn as we follow. So, Father, I pray that you just touch hearts right now, that we would follow you. And, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord, on the day of Pentecost, they they did not get up and decide, here's how it's going to happen. They waited on you. Move into our lives with power, God. Move into our lives with your presence. Move into our lives with your purpose. And, God, I pray that you use us Lord, let this week be a a milestone for some that they've been praying about something and you open that door. But Lord, I also pray that this week would be a marker that we can look back on and say, that was the time when I surrendered and my life's never been the same. Do that work, I pray. God, to those who who are coming to you today, Lord, I pray that they not stop now. But Lord. Talk to others, talk to us, share what you're doing, share what they're experiencing, that we may grow together as we walk this out in your precious name, the name of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Please, if you didn't get one of the books, uh, devotions, or the card, please grab that before you leave. God bless you.